0: Welcome to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm Alex Newman, your host, and today we're going to talk about the deep state and what they've been up to in Latin America. So uh, I grew up in Latin America, so it's kind of like uh, personal to me, if you will. And uh, I want to start off. You know, we, we could have picked other points, but I want to start off with Cuba. You know, and the and the enslavement of Cuba under communist totalitarianism. And Cuba you know, is, is an especially close issue to me because I'm from Miami. So probably like half the population of my city is from Cuba. And uh, while it's nice to have them there, uh, you know, it's good to have anti-communists in the area. You never know what the commies will be up to. Uh, it's very tragic that their homeland was enslaved and that they had to flee from their homeland. A lot of them risking their lives on these little you know, rubber dinghies and makeshift rafts that they created. So let's talk about what happened there. Uh, The reality is the Council on Foreign Relations, the globalist deep state entity based in New York that Hillary Clinton says she takes her orders from, um, and its agents within the U.S. State Department and the New York Times and other key institutions not only put Castro in power, but then later stabbed in the back the um, brave men and actually boys, uh, some of them under the age of 18, who went to Cuba in the Bay of Pigs invasion to liberate their home country. Now, um, some of the key people involved in this operation, and what you'll see is a, is a very common pattern, um, one of the key people was at the New York Times, you know, the, uh, the gray lady, so-called. His name was Herbert Matthews, and this guy was a pro-Castro radical. Uh, he went and interviewed Castro and wrote about what a great freedom fighter and how he was going to liberate Cuba, the George Washington of Cuba, the, the New York Times called Fidel Castro, who, of course, went on to murder uh, tens of thousands of people. Other key CFR people, the chairman of the New York Times, um, Arthur Sulzberger, and the publisher of the New York Times, Orville Dreyfus. And, you know, it's it's not that they can claim ignorance. The U.S. ambassador to Cuba um, originally, Arthur Gardner said that, quote, Fidel Castro talked and acted like a communist and should not be supported by the United States. And so CFR members in the State Department forced him out of his position. They sent another guy down, Ambassador Earl Smith. Uh, same thing happened. He warned them that Castro was a communist. They wouldn't listen. Of course, everybody knew this, right? Robert Welch, the founder of the John Birch Society, was sounding the alarm. But the New York Times was saying he was a freedom fighter and he was going to liberate Cuba. So, um, You had Secretary of State John Foster Dulles, a guy who wrote in his book, War or Peace, that the UN would be the nucleus of the global government they were building. Um, He was actually one of the co-founders of the Council on Foreign Relations. He gave an order that barred the Batista government in Cuba from using any supplies they had received from the United States, any men who had been trained under a U.S. military program, any American planes, any American ships that they had received, uh, anything. Right? Uh, so this was a devastating blow to the Batista government. Meanwhile, Castro was getting American weapons and Soviet weapons. And so you know, faced with an enemy being armed by the U.S. and by the Soviet Union with a complete lack of support, unable to even use his own military to defend his nation, he had to uh, step down and, of course, the communists took over. It was an absolute disaster. Tens of thousands of people were put up against the wall and shot Farms were taken, businesses were stolen, um, the youth were put into these government brainwashed camps to be brainwashed to love communism and Castro. And um, Ambassador Smith, who was the U.S. ambassador to Cuba, we spoke about him, actually came back and wrote a very detailed account of all this. It was the fourth floor, an account of the Castro communist revolution. Uh, and he wrote, quote, Castro could not have seized power in Cuba without the aid of the United States. American government agencies and the United States press played a major role in bringing Castro to power. He's Specifically, he really should have talked about the Council on Foreign Relations. But he went on, he said, As the United States ambassador to Cuba during the Castro-Communist Revolution of 57 and 59, I had firsthand knowledge of the facts which brought about the rise of Fidel Castro. The State Department constantly intervened, positively, negatively, and by innuendo, to bring about the downfall of President Batista, thereby making it possible for Fidel Castro to take over the government of Cuba. This is actually very similar to what happened in China, and maybe we'll save that for another episode. Uh, Later, uh, there was a a party of anti-communist Cubans who wanted to go back and liberate their homelands. Uh, Many of them had been forced to flee to the United States, um, and they made plans to invade in the Bay of Pigs. And again, we find members of the Council on Foreign Relations deliberately sabotaging this operation, uh, deliberately stabbing these boys in the back, um, and letting them get captured and killed on purpose. Right? I actually co-wrote an article about this in the New American magazine with one of the Bay of Pigs invaders. His name is Frank de Varuna. Uh, a great patriot, a great freedom fighter, and uh, he was there firsthand. He spent uh, over a year in a communist gulag until President Kennedy got him out. But some of the people within the Kennedy administration who were responsible for betraying these boys and these men, uh, U.S. Secretary of State Dean Rusk, member of the Council on Foreign Relations, White House Director of National Security McGeorge Bundy, another member of the Council on Foreign Relations, and, of course, UN's Ambassador to the U.N., Adlai Stevenson, another member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, They urged President Kennedy to cancel the airstrikes that were supposed to go along with the uh, Bay of Pigs invasion. Obviously, you can't win this type of battle without airstrikes. So they literally ensured the defeat of these boys and these men that went to go liberate their homeland um, on purpose. And this allowed Castro to capture and kill those men and those boys. And of course, Cuba remained enslaved. Communism was given a massive victory. For what? Because the CFR did it. Uh, this continues to this day. Uh, in 2013, we actually wrote an article in The New American exposing uh, a Castro apologist who was running the CFR's Latin America division. Her name is Julia Swig, uh, S-W-E-I-G. She thanked convicted terrorists in her book. She was very close to the late tyrant in Havana, Fidel Castro. And, of course, she was running the CFR's Latin America Studies program and serving as the Nelson and David Rockefeller Senior Fellow for Latin American Studies. A former U.S. military intelligence official who was charged with tracking Cuban spies in the United States described Swig as an agent of influence for the Castro regime. So uh, from Cuba, Castro then exported this wicked ideology, this wicked revolution all across Latin America. Uh, Absolute disaster. If you wonder why so much of Latin America has been uh, the victim of totalitarianism, wonder no more. Castro went on to found the Sao Paulo Forum. In Portuguese you would call it the Foro de Sao Paulo. Uh, this was a network of communists and socialists founded by Fidel Castro, uh, former Brazilian president and now inmate in prison, uh, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, and of course the Sandanistas, the mass murdering Marxist gangsters who enslaved Nicaragua, and of course the FARC, the Marxist narco-terrorists in Colombia who love to ship cocaine to the United States so they can fund revolution and murder and mayhem in Colombia. Now these communists went on to form these regional integration organizations like the Union of South American States, which of course selected socialists to run the place. Uh, And there's many, many more of these, right, Mercosur, CELAC. Um, all these different integration schemes to surrender national sovereignty, build up these regional governments to enslave the people, not just of Latin America, but of the world. So we need to stop the deep state. We need to stop the deep state, not just in Latin America, but in the United States. And at the heart of this agenda is the Council on Foreign Relations. So we need to do everything we can to expose them, to oppose them, and to make sure that more innocent people are not victimized by this evil agenda. This is uh, Behind the Deep State with Alex Newman. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, Go to thenewamerican.com and see you next week.